Hello, hello, and welcome to you from lockdown. Tyler is currently residing in Wigan, while I'm on lockdown in Burnage. And we thought we would kill some time by getting some of your cues that we can provide A's to. So this whole episode, apart from a little preamble where we discuss um, Bono's self-penned coronavirus song, Let Your Love Be Known, um, is all this episode is just going to be about answering your questions, really. But hopefully we can get through quite a few of them. And apologies in advance because we will undoubtedly say someone's name wrong or get some details wrong about you two. How are you doing, Tyler? I'm okay. How are you, man? Hanging in there. I think it's just about keeping yourself busy. I've downloaded a lot of video games. Have you really? Um, I've ordered a lot of Blu-rays. Hmm. I know that it's, it sounds really strange, I know, but um, I've, I've bought a lot of like stand-up DVDs and... Uh, I'm actually, I want to. I want to send a tweet out asking for concerts that I should. I should buy to further my education of, um, well, non-U2 music. That'd be a good thing to do. Yeah, get sort of a, a rundown on the very best of other bands' live output. Considering we we went all the way through U2's, well, not all the way through, but you know the major the major stops on the U2 live point. So yeah, send those to Tyler. That'd be a really good idea. Yeah, um, and 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 future fuel for Tummel, I would imagine. Indeed. Um, so, should we have a chat about this about this new song then? Let your review be known. <laughs> um, well, I, th- I mean, I've, I've only wrote down a few um, a few notes on it. It's not a song that I've gone back to a lot of times, and you can't really critique a song like this in a in a genuine sort of way. It's obviously very rough. Um, it's a first draft. The lyrics, I would I would argue, need maybe a, another pass or two, which which makes sense. But it's totally in the right spirit. Um, I saw some very mean things being um, put out there about about uh, you know bo- about Bono things along the lines of if you um, if you there's a, a file going around saying that, um, that if you click on it then you'll get to hear Bono playing a song please don't click on it because then you'll get to hear Bono playing a song which yeah I seem to remember your brother sending us that on Twitter yeah what a fu- what a funny guy um, <laughs> although I don't I don't want any hatred being directed towards him um, <laughs> yeah so. It's the the melodies I thought were really good. The "Let Your Love Be Known" bit is is fantastic, and I think it's a song. Although it's a bit rough and ready, um, it's a song that's good for bon- the Bonner's voice in this stage in his career. So I would like to hear a, a proper version rather than the sort of um, the remix version that is still not particularly polished. Um, I, I I thought that the chorus had a bit of a, a Paul McCartney kind of Angela Lansbury sort of feel to it. Did, does that make sense? Um. I I don't I don't think I I thought that. Um it's quite a specific. I'll thing. have to Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to re-listen to it. Um yeah, it it seemed to me um pretty good. And I and I I always have to wonder uh, how long has this song been around? You know, mm. you know, is is it something that was close to, you know, the end of production and Bono's, you know, stolen and <laughs> <laughs> and gone off without the edge and released it in a really rough way. Also, the way Bono released it, I'm not sure how much I believe that. Well, it did happen. Um, no, I know, it, I know it happened. But um, was he was he trying to make it more rough, like he'd just come up with it? Um, you know, Bono Bono can be a bit of a scamp sometimes. Well, let's uh, move on to some of the questions then. So, um, again, apologies in advance if we don't get around to all of your questions. We've got quite a few through, and we appreciate everyone who is asking them. So the first one that was asked on um, on Twitter, or that we've compiled together, uh, was from Keith Walsh. And he said, 
some songs become different beasts when the band play them live. Are there any songs that you love played live but hate the studio version of or vice versa? That's that's one of the things that he's asked. And we'll get around to a couple more questions from Keith. Um, this weirdly made me think of All Because of You. I do not like that song particularly in the studio. And I think it can only exist properly when it's in a live format. Are there any that spring to mind for you, Tyler? So a song that really um is given new life when i see it live is uh running to stand still mm. um in, in fact all all the the, the uh, second half of the joshua tree when we saw it in twickenham just completely blew my mind the songs that i'd known for years yeah. and just it, it was it was like hearing them for the first time um there are there are some songs like um i, I off the top of my head i'd have to, i'd be struggling um but you know we've always said bullet the blue sky yeah but you can get really good bullet the blue skies i think it i think it depends on the night and and our problem with it is probably the fact that you're kind of guaranteed to see it mm. i think i'm always just excited to see what edge is going to do with the with the solo if he's going to play it you know ott or he's going to go quite quiet and bluesy um so yeah i think that 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 is a real highlight i do keep coming back to the 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 most recent bullet the blue sky um where Trump is is mentioned in a really good way, you know, uh, with the face orange like a, like a rose on a thorn bush. Although I've not seen an orange rose before, but you know, I, I think it's a good way to update the song and make it quite quite relevant to um, to the current situation. Yeah. Um, also, um, Acrobat live. Mm. Uh, the the crowd kind of. I don't know if people didn't remember it or didn't know it or... I'd say the latter. Um, I, I, we, we talked about this, obviously, um, on, when we did the review, but it does still stick in my craw that a song that I've been wanting, to, and, even, and even on this podcast before, you know, a couple of years ago, God, we've been doing this a long time, um, I, I was saying I, I desperately wanted to hear Acrobat, like a lot of um, YouTube fans who really like uh, Acton Baby. And then live, it, it, the band played it fine. I really liked the way it was introduced. They couldn't have put a foot wrong with it. It was just the crowd thinning out and people starting to go and get drinks and stuff. And just wide open spaces in in the Manchester crowd, you know, on the on the floor level. And it's just so yeah. disheartening because people just didn't know it, couldn't sing along with it. And you know, I'm, I'm being whingy and being a purist and being pedantic. And it's the opposite kind of reverse snobbery I have when, you know, when Pride comes on and I roll my eyes and go, right, okay, let's let's get through this, you know, again. Um, well, because I'm a bigger fan than you, and I, I went to see that show five times on the on the on three different continents. Just because you, um, your time schedule and your love of travel, um, you know, kind of made you take that trip, does not mean you're a greater fan. You could be a, the biggest U two fan in the world without ever having seen them. No, no I, I think it definitely makes me a bigger fan. Yeah, I kind of don't believe what um, I said as well. But go on. <laughs> so um, I did notice that in in the ga section there were there were always segments that were busy and then like around around the e stage it really didn't ever seem that full and when i when i think of uh, the innocence and experience tour the the ga section se- seemed a lot busier at that point i don't mm-hmm. know if they just sold less tickets um i mean i think a lot of the shows were sellouts but you know they actually put less tickets on sale so people don't get crushed or it wasn't that busy i don't know mm. it just seemed it seemed like that people had a little bit more room to move around or, or you know to walk from one bit to the to another yeah fair enough that does make sense so keith's also asked well he's pointed out that you two are kind of a gateway 
um, to other artists for him. So he's been asking, essentially, what have the band introduced us to? For me, it's pretty much my entire musical like favourites, really. Uh, bands that we've done on here on Tumble, like The Clash, The Ramones, I, and Kraftwerk, I got into precisely via U2, really, because they were always being mentioned or coming up, even as... as you know, when I first started listening to music, and because you two, all you can't leave behind was my first album. That's why I've 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 been so influenced to go f- to their influences. But in terms of visual things and writing, I think um, definitely really enjoying pop art that comes so directly from pop art. You know, seeing that on Channel Four, big bright colours, and wanting to go and, f- and seek out Roy Lichtenstein and Klaus Oldenburg and things like that. I think that's been one really big influence. So, have you have you got any? artists either visual or musical or um any any medium title that you've you've got to via you two uh well the same with with uh, roy lichtenstein certainly um we went to see wham at the tate in london do you remember that a few oh years yeah, ago? yeah i do remember that yeah it's good um and and it's, Not the band. it's really funny because uh no um no people didn't wake me up before they went went awful carry on <laughs> Uh, anyway, so um, so yeah, just thinking about the, the art that I've got in my in my office around me right now, it's either black and white or really really colourful, and then I look at this huge U two poster in front of me, and <laughs> it's pretty much the same story with the album colours. <laughs> so that's that's a, a, a comparison I've never really drawn before, but certainly a lot of bands. Um, I think you always need something to lead you in. Like the, I, was, I was thinking about this the other day. The first time I really would have ever heard a U two song, knowing it was U two, would have been um, my house. It would have been beautiful day. Uh, no, it would have been beautiful day about the year two thousand. Um, actually, the year two thousand and one, because uh, as I've mentioned before, I'm a big wrestling fan, and uh, a wrestler <laughs> called pa- Triple a pause H. Pause for applause. Then, like I was going to go yay or something. Uh, just, just the uh, people listening on the bus. <laughs> mm. Go on. Um, so, so a wrestler called Triple H tore his uh, quad, um, and there was um, a, a video of him rehabbing and coming. You know, when he was about to make his return back, and they used "Beautiful Day" for that uh, video, and it was a really, it was a really, really good video. So um, that was that's probably sort of the first really time I've ever with heard the idea of song. someone pummeling the crap out of someone having a beautiful day, smash chair shot and to the head. It was about a, an athlete coming back and. <laughs> you know rising from the ashes and it was i just really i always like that so yeah it, wrestling in a way i suppose introduced me to you two before you got the chance <laughs> uh and and then you two have introduced me to people like lichtenstein uh bands like arcade fire um mm. and there's, a, there's the list basically everything i like is yeah it's is, kind is, of point zero for me too. as well so so yeah i think that, that's a that's a, the short answer to that question um another answer and I know you're not that interested in going into lots of detail about about producers and things like that, um, Tyler. But I think we, when we, how dare you, sir? <laughs> when we've mentioned this before, it's it's led to interesting libel and slander. It's led to interesting discussions. Um, so uh, last uh, question we'll do from Keith was um, he's saying what producers, living or deceased, will be like the band to work with? Um, Prince might have been good, but perhaps it would have been a clash of egos. Um, I've got to say, I don't really like. I've never got Prince. I just don't understand it like i appreciate it but i'm like i have no idea what i don't get it i just it doesn't 
ever appeal to me um and i think there would have been a so i think that would have been awful you know it might have been a, a bit of a and definitely a clash of egos i think would have happened um i enjoy everything they've done with eno and flood although obviously eno's been involved in some pretty ropey stuff um but i really would like you two to work with someone who pushed them out of their comfort zone so the Rick Rubin sessions would have been fantastic, but I would love for them to work with someone a bit harder like Trent Reznor. Having a look at some of the electronic-y type stuff, and just because of how well Trent also reinterpreted uh, Zoo Station, which I think is just such a good cover, cover version, and is such a swerve from what you would think they would do. Um, that's, that's, what, that's what I would like anyway. Um, so I don't know how you feel about that, that question, Tyler. What about Gavin Friday? Like mm. he's been interacting with you two, and I think working for you two for the last few years, and um, you know he's released the probably prefer with rather than for. We... Well, yes, I think he's probably on payroll though. Mm. <laughs> All right, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so um, that that would be an interesting collaboration to have uh, him in the in the producer spot because the way he's reimagined uh, the fly and hold me, thrill me, kiss me, kill me. Um, is it's so good and so interesting and really kind of dystopian and uh, so yeah, a whole lot. You know what they should do is not spend too long <laughs> writing an album and then take it to uh, Gavin and let him put his magic touches all over it. Ooh, I don't think the edges let him do that, but um, yeah, it sounds like an interesting project. It could definitely work. Okay, so moving on, we've got another question from Sid Sadowski, and this one is kind of the big question, really. Why you two? As we all love different bands and artists, sorry, as in we all love different bands and artists, but why does you two come out on top and remain um, throughout time? Is it an individual connection or they're just brilliant? Um, so my, I'll try and make this as short answer as possible. Um, I think there, it'd be kind of naive for me to not recognise that I got into you two when I was, you know, going through that adolescent phase where you just get really deep into music. So. I think it's not just that they were the first band that I stumbled on, but I think it's a happy coincidence that it's the first album and that's always stuck with me that I ever bought. Um, but also, I think there's just a certain type of melody that, that Bono sings, a type of um, guitar playing and the, the, the notes that are chosen by by everyone really in the band that just resonate with me personally. It, it just really gets me. And I also think longevity's got a lot to do with it because you can just get into the different phases of the band. They're so clearly different from each other, but so interesting. So I actually started listening to Rattle and Hum, which is a bit weird for me um, the other day, and just thought, I, I really love Rattle and Hum. As much as I, you know, kind of critique it and stuff like that, I was enjoying it so much, but it's such a different animal to Act and Baby or Pop or even the, the new stuff. Um, and that's a big part of it, I think, having that you can get really deep into it. But also, and this is the last point, they just have a really earnest celebration of things like joy which are so important and particularly at the moment they're important so that kind of unabashed open-hearted quality is very difficult to find and i think that's something that should be really cherished if that doesn't sound too hokey um what do you think tyler um i think the longevity aspect is really important um rock bands in my opinion anyway they're not supposed to last forever you know, it's it's supposed to come in like the Beatles, eight years. Mm. You know, and that they changed everything. And so I think a band like you two, with no lineup changes in forty odd years, yeah, it's it's the kind of unique and um, 
even if you're not a big fan of the music, I, you have to be interested in, okay, what did these this group of four guys do next? How is this going to play out? Mm. Um, and I, I think it, I think it's really interesting on that level. Obviously, I, I love the music. I love Bono's uh, melodies. Um, just uh, when I was when I was a, a kid um, and getting into music, I was into a lot of you know new metal kind of stuff. But I couldn't really sing that. Most people can't sing that. So when I when I found you two, I found a rock band with great songs and an actual singer. And for me, as a kid, that was just that was just amazing, and um, uh, just yeah, just I just I've been going back actually to that um, uh, how to dismantle an atomic bomb kind of era when I when I was really getting into the band in a big way, mm. and just dis- just discovering some of those songs again, like uh, original of the species, yeah, fantastic song, and some sometimes you can't make it on your own Comes from your table. Uh, ju- <laughs> I mean, I'm joking, but I, I actually do think that's a great song. I think Crumbs is great, but uh, the 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 title, good God, why why Let's Crumbs? Let's not reheat these old crumbs. <laughs> um, all right, um, but talking. yeah, I think I think with anything you like, though, there's always that intangible. You, you, you're never going to get the the full um, the full picture picture of why you like something. Sometimes you just do, and it doesn't always need an explanation. Uh, but for me, you two are just—they are the best band in the world, and um, I—I can't think of anybody that that's even a close second. Yeah, I, no, I think that's that's exactly right. It's um, as I've said before, there's just for me, there's no other band in that category. There are—they exist on on their own little plateau, which I don't think any band comes close to really breaking into. I, I love other bands so much, but I just I can't see it changing in terms of them being in that category on their own. Um, no, and like, I mean, I, I want to know. I hope, you know, hopefully I don't discover them five years after they break up or something like that. But if there is another band out there, this is, this is why I'm so interested now in uh, going and seeing what else is out there. Have you heard of a little band um, called The Proclaimers? Oh no! But people do say that we look like the Proclaimers, so let's uh, get off that one. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 very true. I was in a um, I was playing bass for a um, uh, my high school's re- um, reproduction like uh, of Back to the Eighties. Um, I, I, I hasten to add, I'm a teacher; they're not not attending, and um, and <laughs> I, I had to play the bass to five hundred miles, and I was just thinking, oh, this this that's basically a Proclaimers tribute band without even trying to be. Well, at least ha- I saw, I saw someone doing it at a festival in Scotland, and I can't remember which band it is. It it was an American band um, playing it in uh, in Glasgow or Go Edinburgh, well. and it was it went down a storm. <laughs> it just it it is it is one of those songs that you know if if you if you're in the pub mm. and it comes on, you end up singing along. It, 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 it you know yeah. Although maybe maybe I should go away and listen to a Proclaimers album. Maybe I've just um, I've I've not appreciated them enough in 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 the past. Yeah, I mean, I, I would just also say don't follow their actual advice. It's not the time now to be walking five hundred miles. That's far too long, and going up to someone else's door that's not a good idea. So just you know, be careful with the Proclaimers. That's all I'm saying. There's no verse in there about the walk back, is there? <laughs> Probably got the bus. Um, and listen to some great review too. Um, all right, so uh, 
Stephen O'Regan says, what's U2's best apocalypse slash post-apocalypse music? Um, I thought this was a great question for our situation. I thought Bullet the Blue Sky, again, was it, it, something, there's something almost biblical and, and apocalyptic about that, that song. Um, I mean, we all know there's loads of um, biblical references in U2, but there's just something, maybe it's all the distortion and the the, the clashing sounds and everything like that but, but the blue sky seems like the apocalypse and the other thing is just the whole of Zeropa has this kind of like day glow neon green nuclear feel to it um and obviously there's a song like the wanderer where you, you know we've got the atomic sky and things like that so that's what i would say yeah i think this is a really interesting case the for um you know if we if there was ever a u2 musical Yep, like in the in the style of uh, "We Will Rock You." For Hopefully, Queen. better than that. But yeah, go on. Uh, bloody Brian May. Um, so uh, I think the the beginning song, as everything's going to hell, would be "Bullet the Blue Sky," more the Zoo TV version than anything else. Yeah. Um, hopefully, um, and then Zoo uh, Zoo Roper is the the landscape and a lot of the songs from Zuropa that's the the new world and then at the end of it you get this big shining happy pop 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 of what as in the album pop <laughs> the, the songs would, the songs would go from yeah all of all of pop and that's the the new uh the new world um, Paris not Paris paradise <laughs> paradise um, speaking speaking of which, uh, last night on Earth would be a good one for that, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think if they if they did ever do a a, a musical, I mean, and obviously um, we do not want them to return to turn off the dark territory again. Um, but if they did, I wouldn't want it to just be the story. Like personally, I would I wouldn't want it to just be the story of the band. I would want it to be like very clearly not like the Queen musical because the Queen musical is, in my opinion. How to be put this charitably? It's <laughs> terrible. Um, I I actually quite like it. I've seen it numerous times. Mad, honestly, it's about it's about as good as the statue of Freddy is good, which looks like it's been designed by the same person who did that Cristiano Ronaldo um, thing. <laughs> Um, but anyway, I, I would like them to yeah do something far fetched and yeah. So why not a, a, a you know a post apocalyptic U two musical? Uh, maybe I'll start writing. I mean, I've got I've got got I've got quite a lot of time to myself at the moment. So produced by Gavin Friday. By the way, I do I do just want to give um, Stephen O'Regan a shout out because on Twitter he's currently going through the Rolling. I think it's the Rolling. No, it's the Q magazine. It's the Q magazine top one hundred albums of all time, which is something I actually wanted to do for a podcast, Johnny. <laughs> Um, and he and he's posting he's posting along with um with all all the all the stuff that he's finding interesting about those albums and what he thinks and and that's really interesting. I'm kind of living vicariously uh, through him. I jumped in at the wrong point. I, I went uh, the first album I listened to was Tom Waits, and I'd never listened to any Tom Waits before, and I wasn't really prepared for what I was about to hear. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm sorry. Just I've just been distracted by something. Um, uh, is it a bird? Is it a plane? Is it Bono? <laughs> no, it's, um, it's not a bird nor a plane. It's Jane, as in Jane Hall, our friend. And she's, she's literally in the last hour, there's been a tweet that's just come through saying that uh, she's rewritten along with a friend in a YouTube tribute band. She's rewritten The Blackout as a parody song called Lockdown, which um, mm-hmm. Rick has recorded. Rick from, from the tribute band YouTube Baby, who we interviewed 
so I'm, I'm, it seems like a, a fun parody song, which I'll definitely check out, and I suggest everyone else does the same. Yeah, I checked it out uh, this morning. It's, um, it's, it's, it's for those people that need a laugh right now. Uh, it will certainly provide that, and it's got a beautiful dancing cartoon Donald Trump <laughs> all the way through it. Well, uh, lovely. Uh, yeah. Next question then. Um, is, are we on to rebranded? Yeah, re- rebranded. Um, so I'm, I'm reading all the questions out, Tyler, very selfishly. Why don't you do one? Given you two like to appear relevant, which current bands or artists would you like them to work with? Bands like Everything Everything or Young Fathers at the top of my list. Big soundscapes to play in. Um, I should probably check out both of those bands, actually, because I've, I've heard of them and they've been recommended to me. But if they've got big soundscapes, then, you know, sign me up. I like a soundscape. Well, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know much new music. Um, I, I don't. I, this is this is why I'm I'm desperately trying now, and I suppose I've got the time now to actually go out and see what I've missed. Um, but uh, I, I can't for the. the I, I just can't listen to Radio One. So where where do you find new music? I listen to, I listen to Radio X. Really, or or Six Music is good. Although Six Music can be a bit hit and miss there can be something amazing and then there's like someone playing like pencils you know like, like sort of hungarian pencil music and like the dj's going mad about how great they are um but broadly speaking really good stuff on six music i would say um but spotify is good for new releases and usually they say you know people who like this also like that you know a bit like tumble really well i like i do like radio x and uh, i feel almost that I might be too old for Radio X, but um, they, they've been playing Liam Gallagher so much that I just I've I've I found myself wandering around my house trying to perfect a Liam Gallagher impression because he doesn't sing like a human being. Do you want to give us a blast? Um. Oh God! Uh, why did I start this? For what it's worth, I'm sorry for the hurt. I'll be the first to say I've made my own mistakes. He sounds like an old Cockney bin man. <laughs> like, just sort of singing through the morning. What the hell is that? Hey, you're the one that lives in Burnage. Uh, <laughs> do not tell him where I That's live. True. Yeah. Um, probably see him popping pop to the shops. Um, okay, well... Um, if I'm if I'm being cynical, I would say that you two do. I agree with rebranded. You two do like to appear relevant, um, which can be a bit annoying sometimes. And sort of you think, why 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 are you bothering really? But I'd say if I'm being cynical, they should work with someone like Billie Eilish or Louis Capaldi because they're flavors of the week at the moment. But if I were doing something that I think I could pick anyone and I think would be interesting, in addition to the kind of the harder producers I was talking about before, like maybe like Trent Reznor or Josh Homme or something like that from um, Queens of Stonehenge. I think it's Josh Homme, actually. Um, I'd love them to work with Daft Punk for the electronic stuff. And I think they would also just, the sounds they would produce would be fantastic. Mew, who I know a lot of people don't um, know or think I'm saying Muse, I'm saying Mew, M-E-W, fantastic Danish band who I think would just make them rethink song structure a little bit because, you know, get away from this verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge kind of thing. And last one, uh, Christine and the Queens, um, just because she's really engaging and interesting. And I think uh, she would really take a, a, a role in making them strip back some of the stuff and beef up some other things. And maybe getting a bit more groove back into you too. Not very groovy at the moment. Um, Who was the, the, the guy that did the Best Thing remix? Kygo. 
Kygo, yeah. I, I mean, I when I first heard that that remix, the festival version that was recorded on a mobile phone, um, I I got really excited, and I wish I wish songs of experience had been a little bit more down that in that kind of. Vein. I was weirdly expecting that. But, I thought I thought it might be a bit more dancey, and it really wasn't in a lot of places at all, yeah. <laughs> or, or yeah. at all, yeah. Um, so um, yeah, uh, I don't I don't necessarily want them to get together with Billie Eilish or Louis Capaldi, uh, great artists in their own right. But we we need to learn the lesson from Green Day. I mean, Green Green Day were riding so high, they did that one song with you two, and no one's seen them since. Well, they've they've been around a bit, but yeah, I take I take what you mean. I mean, I I held my hands up as a, as a Green Day fan, but yes, I, after American Idiot, I pay very very little attention to any of their work, and so maybe maybe <laughs> they, the Saints they... are coming destroyed them. I don't know. They were one of the biggest bands on the planet. They did one song with you two, and no one's seen them since. Uh, I, th- I think the timeline's probably not quite right for that because because Twenty First Century Breakdown was quite big <laughs> after that. But um, oh god, that was a bad album compared to American Idiot. Um, anyway, um, so Iceman, who's uh, he's at Boom right there, which uh, sorry no Boom right here, which I think is quite good. Um, as a no Boom right there. Oh no Boom right here. B- boom oh. right. The, if it was that, which I, I imagine it isn't. Um, so he said, uh, which album would you like the band to revisit and tour with? Um, my quick answer is not really any, if it means that they don't do new stuff. I think people discussing an Acton Baby you know, playthrough or a pop playthrough, I, I, much as I love those albums, I don't want that to happen. I don't want them to become a heritage act. I think the Joshua Tree, looking back, was right up to the limit of the amount of like regressive stuff so you know and it was appropriate but let's move on new music please we've got the rest of the rest of you know the time when the band either you know breaks up or dies or whatever to to actually get into that sort of thing so if pushed the only thing i would like them to do would be a small intimate sort of theater level exploration of the unforgettable fire and all the extra stuff around it, which I know no one else would want to see, or at least not, not it would have no mainstream appeal and uh, Live Nation would be tearing their ha- hair out and whatever. But, you know, just going back to songs like Love Comes Tumbling and reworking them, because I, I absolutely loved um, a sort of homecoming, um, you know, seeing the versions live. I didn't get to see it, unfortunately. And I just want them to go back to those songs and really languish in that sound and that moment. If they ever played Love Comes Tumbling, uh, that's it. I, I'm dead. <laughs> I mean, just that's I, I, I can't imagine living through the the shock and the the, the happiness that I would feel. I um, I listened that. to that yesterday. It would be too much for my little heart to handle. Go on, <laughs> go on. Annoyed because I'm cutting you off. Um, I, I was. I, I mean, this is not going to be an amazing revelation. I listened to that song yesterday doing the dishes, and I thought Adam Clayton's very good at playing <laughs> bass on that song. Oh my god, you were doing the dishes. <laughs> I, I always do the ruddy dishes. Uh, anyway, let's uh, let's not let's not get into domestics. Um, for me, I've said it before. Um, Zuropa, small theatre tour, um, just really mm. intimate. Uh, n- not even playing songs from around it. Just uh, in and do the album and out. Um, I just, I just, just to hear Zuropa played in a small theatre type setting would be 
I think, really artistically interesting, and um, it would also change things up for you too. But really, that's the only thing. Unless they're gonna, unless they're gonna go back and actually finish pop, that's the that was that would be the only thing I'd want them to do from pop, from the pop back. Doesn't catalog. need finishing. As I, as I think the the versions, the the you know the single mixes and look, yeah, some of those are superior to the album versions, but none so much that it's like wow this is what it sounded like finished they, like the songs are there on pop i think um they're way too harsh on it apart from miami which needs to go in the bin um pop's fine even larry has said that um you know occasionally um it'll, it'll come up in conversation about up. going back and, and doing it <laughs> exactly the sort of reaction that i wanted there <laughs> um next question yeah, then okay so uh, you two then and now Thank you for your thank you for your questions and also just I know I've given I've given uh, the plug before but go to YouTube then and now if you want to see some really interesting pictures and some some a lovely bit of artwork that Tyler did right so um right so our task Tyler is to name each U two album we got to rename the album based on one of the song titles on the album so for example. Uh, boy would become the ocean and this is more difficult when it's already been done so like october october but it's interesting as, as an exercise here um right so so my first one um for boy i would rename as stories for boys because every song is like an individual story that captures that moment in in the boy's life yeah okay um i'm gonna struggle with this um I don't know. I'll go with yours. Stories for boys. It's <laughs> gonna be a very long exercise if you like this for all of these. <laughs> Bloody hell! Right. Okay. Um, October. I would rename to Rejoice. Not just because it's one of my favourite underappreciated U two songs, but because I think at its best, October does have a sense of joy. It also has a sense of profound confusion and uncertainty. But um, you know, I like that idea of just rejoice. You know, and, and being in the music, and also it's it comes up on um, you know, it, it's said at multiple times throughout, throughout the album. Well, my, my, I've got two choices for this. Uh, one which matches the album cover perfectly, "Stranger in a Strange Land," mm-hmm. or, um, or or "Tomorrow." Tomorrow could be a good uh, al- album title. I prefer title. "Tomorrow." "Stranger in a Strange Land" just makes me think of Iron Maiden. It's a good song. Mm. Well, anyway, let's move on to uh, to war. I would I would rename what "Stranger in a Strange Land." Oh, is, that, is that Liam Gallagher? Land of ice and snow. <laughs> Wow. Um, Bruce, get out. We're on lockdown. Yeah. Is Bruce Dickinson gone now? I th- I think, yeah, I think David Bowie's in the hall, though. So just... No. Luckily, <laughs> I'll, keep, I'll keep you updated. Luckily for us, he's, he's, he's no longer with us. Um, right. So, um, surrender. Like Bill yeah, Withers. I, I thought about that and thought, I don't need to bring that up. Yeah. I wonder if Coogan is going to mention it at all in a kind of respectful way. I, I well I got one <laughs> I got one message uh, from a, a friend of ours that, j- that just said Bill no longer with us, um, mm. and yeah, and uh, Steve Coogan has really ruined the sad time that that it is um, regarding Bill Withers. Rest in peace, Bill. Thank you for the music. Mm. Like an ABBA tribute. Okay, right. So um, surrender is what I would call war. <laughs> War. Oh, yeah. Oh, surrender. Oh, right. We're doing yeah, this, still. aren't we? Um. <laughs> um so uh, New Year's Day. Um. For me. 
I don't like that as a suggestion. I suppose you're free to have what you want. What's your What's your logic behind that? I I think it's a good title for an album, and it's also possibly U2's best song of all time. Uh, interesting opinion, but I disagree. Um, Unforgettable Fire. I would rename Promenade because a it's a good song, and b I think it's got that idea of because it's in that time where there's still quite broad strokes, you two are, are, are doing sort of like sketches and images and colours rather than here's really, really specific stories and, you know, that kind of lyrics. I think Promenade captures that idea of experimentation, that idea of walking around sort of without a particular purpose. And I, I, I think that sort of might work for Unforgettable Fire. A sort of homecoming. Yes, that was my second choice. That's a good one. I think that's a really good one. Although I don't like it, Josh, don't like it when albums start with a song that's the same, you know, title as the album. Oh, this isn't actually happening. No, but it, but it, you know. it, would, it would irritate me. Um, uh, Joshua Tree, I, I would call it "Running to Standstill" because it it just sounds catchy. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't know what to go. If for. If it had been the last album, they could have called it "Exit." Red Hill Mining Town is a great song. <laughs> well, no, that's not that's not a good exit. It's called exit. Yeah, I I think that yeah. would work if if they'd if they'd broken up or bowed out or you know something horrible had happened to the band. Um, and I mean, think about what a legacy they would have. Think about how much of a hipster band you two would be at that point. You know, if they'd never gone through, you know, anything after Joshua Tree. I mean, it's a horrible thing to think about. You know, but it's it's interesting to think about. That would be interesting. To is are there any people? What if they'd all died? That is, that, is that a question? <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. What a horrible thought. Um, what? What? Uh, are there any people out? Does Does anyone know anyone out there uh, that, that's a hipster and also likes you too? I, I, I imagine some people probably say me. You're not a hipster. No, but I imagine some people mistake me for one. I don't think so. You wear nothing but outdoor clothing. <laughs> uh, look, and and you and you and, and here's the kicker: you've not been outside in three weeks. I, I, I'm I'm doing my um, my government allowed exercise. Um, cagoule. I, I don't I don't need to be with you in person to know that you're wearing a cagoule. <laughs> I'm wearing a cardigan actually. <laughs> rattling home. Uh, rattling home. I would call Heartland. No brainer. I I challenge anyone uh, to think of a better a better thing than that Helter Skelter no Heartland all the way yeah. oh, oh I listened to Helter Skelter as well yesterday ruddy brilliant when you got to the bottom did you go back to the top uh, yeah I'm not going to play along with this and do more lyrics but yes that's what I did um, Acton Baby I would call Acrobat for this reason I feel like it captures that kind of quality of walking a tightrope and doing something that's exciting and new and, and invigorating but also kind of scary and that uh, uh, acting baby kind of was that really it was them rejecting a safety net so I, I like acrobat zoo station yeah I think that's a, that's a cool one as well although it does fall foul of what I said before uh, Zeropa Lemon it's something that is amazing and sour and some people like it, some people don't like it, and it's you know a big pop of colour. So I think that's that 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 sort of sums up Zeropa for me. Stay, yes, yeah. We we'd just I be called stay. stay. 
Just stay, okay, yeah. Fair enough. Um, pop, I would call Last Night on Earth. I think that would capture the kind of craziness of that album and the, you know, I mean, they were up, you know, the the na- last night before turning it in um, to the studio. So, yeah. <laughs> Mofo. <laughs> yeah, I think mean, that would be cool. You know, they were going to call Acton Baby Adam. We were thinking about that. Mm, well, I, I don't really have anything to say about that. I don't. I'm glad they didn't. I'm very glad they didn't. I mean, Acton Baby is a stupid name for an album, but it's it's a, it, it works somehow. It's a bit like the Beatles. Um, for All You Can't Leave Behind, it's uh, stuck in a moment. I think that's that sort of doesn't get you too far away from All That You Can't Leave Behind. Um, That'd be good. Walk on for me. Yeah, I mean, oh, the 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 only problem with that is that now then you don't have a massive clumsy um, capital letters um, for the acronym, which is what you two were loving at this moment in time. So I think stuck in a moment that you can't get out of or whatever the bloody hell it's called um, would keep that uh, tradition alive. Um, City blinding lights for how to dismantle an atomic bomb. The crumbs from your table. That, you're not being serious about that, surely. <laughs> um, um, miracle drug. Because music is a miracle drug. Yeah, actually, like, there's there's some really ho- rubbish titles on that. Fast album. cars. Oh, it's not technical. Fast cars. Really. Fast cars would be good. Vertigo would be probably the best option. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, no line. Definitely breathe. I think <laughs> it works really, really well. Um, and it also would mean that people wouldn't forget about breathe. E- Sure, fine. Um, Songs of Innocence. Oh, right, okay, you're just green. Okay, um, Every Breaking Wave, because I think that that that's specific and general enough to be good for an album. Iris. Or Hold Me Close, because that matches the album cover. <laughs> it's a bit literal. I mean, if we're changing the album um, title, I would change the cover as well. I do not think it's a good cover. I don't. I don't think of um, the you know of that cover as the actual cover. I think of the, yeah, the, the white vinyl. cover. The rec- yeah, you know, the rec- I think yeah. that would have been a lot better as well. I, I think it's I have no objection to seeing you know Larry being affectionate, but it's just it's just a weird cover. Um, uh, mm. like, there's a lot of backstory you've got to know about that mm. cover. Um, songs of uh, songs of experience. I would call lights of home. Um, I would call it thirteen. Um, yeah, that's 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 fair enough. Yeah, but so there we go. That, that's our um, Whew, that uh, like our, an epic what, journey, what, didn't it? Uh, yeah, thanks for the question, Neil. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess we've kind of. Is anybody still with us? Uh, oh God, I'm not going to go back to that. Um, right, so um, <laughs> so uh, John O. Rod has asked, uh, "What's your rankings of the YouTube live DVDs and albums?" Um, I've not, I, I've I've got all the major ones, but I've no, I've never been a big fan of bootlegging. And I know some people would would say, "Oh, you're a fool if you think that you know the the official releases are the best, you know, versions of the shows." So they're probably not, but those are the ones that I've seen. So my top three, um, which I mean, they're all pretty much, you know, a whisker away from each other in terms of how good they are. I love all the live releases, obviously. Um, Pop Mart number three, Boston number two, and Sydney um, Zoo TV would be my top three. Uh, for me, um, probably Potmar, Boston, tied with Slane. Boston and Slane and are kind then... of the same thing. I, I, know, I know what you mean, but they're sort of obviously very similar. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the, the new one, uh, Berlin 4K, um, I, I was so impressed with it that I sent the director, Matt Askham, uh, an email to thank him for sorting out U2's DVD <laughs> output. Uh, and he, and he, he kindly replied to us, um, which was really, really nice of him. I honestly think the Berlin 4K thing is one of the most beautiful uh, musical documentaries I've ever seen, mm. and it really genuinely made me feel like I was the yeah. And you know, as I've as I've said, being such a big, a much bigger fan than Johnny, mm. uh, I went to that tour five times, and watching that that show really put me back there in the audience. Uh, I, I cannot speak highly enough of the Berlin 4K yeah, show. I- it was. It's just. It's one of the best things I've uh, ever the seen. The only reason that isn't. I, I didn't even consider that one actually. It's because it's so new and so fresh, and I've 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 watched it once. You know, so that it's not had the kind of the rewatches that you would get. But I think it is fantastically directed and just just hats off. Yeah, particularly the way that the opening actually works, because I think that was one of the highlights of the actual show. To capture that and do it justice is a big ask, and yeah, it's it's so good. So I will be returning it, and who knows, maybe it'll it'll shoot up the ratings. Uh, so the next question is from Steve Donaldson. Thoughts on a new album and tour that doesn't have an underlying theme or story, just great songs on an album. Are they Bono too bogged down? by how an album and a show are put together and missing out on some great songs. Yeah, I think um, there's a, it's, a, it's a great question. I think they do get in their own way, so to speak, um, but I feel like they always will do that from now on and there's no real way to get away from that. Um, so the idea of them just getting away and writing some songs, even that, and I know it sounds a bit counterintuitive, even an album without a narrative, that is a narrative. You know, the idea it's they're still gonna have to come out and say, you know, for this album we just wanted to write get back to the songs. I mean they kind of they sort of did that or said they did that for um for Innocence. Um so yeah. I wonder if I wonder if Steve feels that uh, that that's what they did for Elevation. Because that very much to me has always felt like a best of show. Uh, even though they were pushing the new yeah, album. Yeah. Do you know I mean, what I mean? They, they were I mean, it was an easy album to push, wasn't it? At least the first half was very easy to push. Um so, yeah, I th- I I think they're never gonna be able to get back to just four blokes playing music, you know, and having fun. I would like them to do that. Um, I mean, th- th- these themes, uh, they they kind of give you leeway to play songs that you you maybe didn't expect here. Like, I'm so surprised. Um, sometimes you can't make it on your own hasn't reappeared in a set list somewhere. Yeah, that is... Because... Why? why? Yeah, I mean, I know it's frustrating to just whinge and stuff, but I would take that, uh, you know, a hundred times over the ones that are overplayed currently, like Beautiful Day or um, Pride, you know. No, I... I, You know, I I completely agree. Uh, Last night, I was watching uh, the hashtag You Together at Home... Um, with probably a lot of you, a lot of people from around the world, um, and uh, there was a lot of songs on the which I just thought, my God, I really like, songs like Miracle Drug. Uh, how do they not bring these songs back? You've got too much to. And last week, 
last week when we were watching Potmart and um, Last Night on Earth, I, I, I sent out a tweet. It should be a criminal offence to have a song as good as Last Night on Earth and not play it. Yeah, I guess you've got to really give it some with the, with the old voice though, and maybe that's maybe that's beyond them. I don't know. I want to give a big shout out to Madfleet on uh, Twitter as well because she organised this uh, "You Together at Home" um, fan events, and honestly, the, the the amounts of people that just connected up uh, each week just it's it's just it's a it's a great achievement actually for uh, mm. it was a great idea, and I said to her last night on Twitter, "Great ideas don't need much encouragement." Um, and I think uh, Madfly has brought, or Joe, Joe D, who's uh, I think her real name is. She uh, she's brought a lot of happiness to a lot of people when a lot of people needed it. Uh, so thank you very much to Madfly for doing that. Uh, what an epic fan event! Uh, fan event this is turning out to be, and every week we're going to continue to do it until all of us are out or we're out of DVDs. Yeah, it's a great project, and I think this is a time to sort of go go easy on yourself and just enjoy the stuff that you enjoy you know not that anyone was i guess suggesting that you that people weren't doing but just you know pour yourself a drink of whatever you're having and enjoy you too and just get back into it um although i imagine there's probably some frustrated uh, partners at the moment with uh, people just having you two on repeat and if they don't share that fandom quite as much that might get a bit annoying but tough luck what 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 has your partner said about this? <laughs> well, I've not been I've not been imposing <laughs> um, I've not been imposing uh, the DVDs on her because I, I I went to a virtual pub quiz last night, um, so I'm so I, I'm not as involved in this as as Tyler is, although I do really appreciate it, and I'm sure um, things will sync up soon, and I'll end up I'll end up watching uh, one of the shows. Rightio, the next question, Johnny. Uh, okay, so this is from uh, Will Boyd or Bood. I'm sorry if I'm saying that incorrectly. Um, although his, his handle is keen to stress that he's not Jamie Oliver. Um, I guess he does look a bit like Jamie Oliver. Um, all right, so my question is this. But he, he's not yeah, Jamie Oliver. Uh, right. His question is, do you feel that No Land on the Horizon was a collaboration too far with Eno and Lanoir and that the album would have benefited from a fresh perspective to use Eno's own oblique strategies, trust in the you of now? Um, yeah, good question. The problem with this is that the collaboration with Eno, I think, pushed them to really interesting places and it generated some good textures and things like that. So, for example, um, a song like Cedars of Lebanon has got fantastic um, elements to it, which I think probably come from the influence of Eno and Lanois. The, the choices there in terms of production are very interesting on that song and I think that works. However, it also led to... Um, Unknown Caller, which in my opinion is a terrible song. Um, I really don't understand the love for, of, of that song. And Moment of Surrender, which is a mediocre song in my opinion. It's it's a difficult question to answer, really. I, I, the more I think about it, the more there's there's much more to it than just was it a collaboration too far. It you consider how old you two were at the mm. time. Uh, they were coming up to 50 and they were too young to be cool and relevant but not quite old enough to be um a heritage act yeah. a legacy act a heritage act yeah so they they were kind of in a weird midway point um and you two always want to be relevant 
and it, it, I just think it would if they'd have waited a couple of years or they're a couple of years, you know, quicker bringing out the album, maybe it would have been different. But I think at that time when rock stars are about to turn fifty, and I, I don't, I don't want to sound ageist, but I think music is an ageist mm-hmm, business. It is. Uh, it's it, it it was just badly timed. Um, I, I I'm not gonna hate on no one on the horizon any more than i than i already have uh i know there's a lot of people that really love it maybe if if they'd have sacrificed wanting to be relevant for just writing a, a good interesting album maybe that would have been better but there was there was too many clashing uh theories i think about about that album and it and as, as again it was a, a strange time for them to be bringing that album mm-hmm. out and i think all the weight folk um, put on it because of the you know the the amount of uh, press they got, particularly from the BBC, which we've we've obviously discussed, that placed so much scrutiny on the album, or weight of expectation, and it just wasn't up to it in the way that it just it just wasn't as strong as the previous two attempts. Regardless of your feelings about it, it was not as commercially strong. Um, but also, I think that you sometimes just need to clear your throat. And rattle and hum was necessary for Act and Baby, so you know it probably was necessary. Um, yeah. Tom Durant um, has asked us, um, of all of Bono's various different shades, which are your fave? I'm not sure how serious Tom's being about this. We know Tom, he's a good mate, and I don't know if he's actually bothered in our answers for this. Um, but for what it's worth, I will say, um, obviously the original kind of fly wraparound ones are, are incredibly iconic. I quite like Bono's circular ones. I know a lot of people don't like those. But for me, he was wearing some great ones in, in the 360 era, particularly some um, if it, some Emporio Armani ones were very good. You have the worst taste in sunglasses. Me, what me known personally? To man. You've just you've just named three of the worst sunglasses he's ever worn. All right, then go on, get, uh, put on your big boy pants and tell me what, which ones are yours. Hang your head in shame, know. sir. Um, the elevation blue ones were amazing. Uh, they were cool. They were the, um, the ones that feature heavily in the in the um, elevation video. Yeah, yeah, I will give you that. Yeah. They are cool. Uh, they, they, they are the coolest um, that that he's ever had. Um, n- wasn't never really a fan of the Vertigo ones. The Pop Mart ones, pretty yeah, they're pretty cool. Elevation and Pop Mart. That 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 is the only time that Bono's got sunglasses right. <laughs> oh wait, the 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 was it the Revo ones from Songs of Innocence? They might have been. He wasn't wearing the circle ones at that I point, just was think he? If you look at the circly ones in the blackout video, it's fantastic. I, I'm just not a fan of those sunglasses. Uh, it reminds me of Ozzy Osbourne and John Lennon, and um, and Liam Gallagher. <laughs> it finally sounds a bit like Liam Gallagher. Um, speaking of which, I've been, I've been, I'm gonna get Oasis back together without Noel. That's impossible. Um, I've been getting back into um, Black Sabbath actually. Um, that's that's been my my band that I'm currently revisiting and going back through all the all the old albums. It just they're so good and so so much heavier than you'd expect for a band from that era. But um, I guess it'll be a while before we do, um, you know, paranoid on Tummel. Um, I'd be I'd be up for it. I I had that album as a as a as a child, and uh... <laughs> it's an odd album to listen to as a child. <laughs> yeah, my my. I mean, I was twelve years old and listening to Iron Maiden, Marilyn Manson, and Ozzy Osbourne. My parents must have been terrified of what I was going to turn into. And I think you're a good advertisement for showing that that that, that kind of theory is 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 you know 
horse crap. You know, it's it's not. It's obviously you. You're an upstanding young man. I'm sat down right now, actually. Mm. Uh, the next question is from Iceman. Uh, another another question from Iceman. Yeah, why not? Um, oh, yeah, this is a controversial okay. one. Uh, what's your favourite band members in order? Which, yeah. And I replied, are you trying to get a shot? Yeah. Um, um, right, so I will go through mine and then you can tell me yours, okay? And Okay. This is, and this is pretty what you'd expect. The Edge. Bono. Adam, Larry, right. My so before you react, Tyler, my reasoning is this: The Edge is probably the most important m- single musical person in the whole of my like musical taste. I pretty much like every single thing that he's done, and I spe- you know I've got a Gibson Explorer. I spend my time. I I used a lot of delay when I play guitar. I spend a lot of my time trying to make sounds like him. Um, so I just and he seems like a really nice guy as well. I don't see. Oh, go on, sorry. Is it... I, I no, don't go see on. how Bono can be lower down than number two for this. He he is the kind of if Edge is the head, then Bono's the heart, you know. And and he, he, personally, he's a very controversial figure. Um, a lot of my friends will t- will basically as soon as Mewtwo come up, you know, groan and sigh and say they don't mind the rest of the band, but they hate Bono. Um, Adam just seems like a very affable, nice guy. He's in my opinion not as talented as as the edge um but he's a fantastic talent and larry just seems like he wants to be left alone a lot of the time i respect that but he's not likable like adam is um well as madfully reminded me last night um you you should be careful what you say about larry because he hits things for a living very true I also, I also want to say, I don't. Obvious. I mean, I, I, it's weird that I have to say this. It's like when, when I, you know, when we talk about, uh, you know, albums that we like less, we still like them. I still really like Rattle and Hum. It's just not as good as as Act of it's, Baby by yeah. a long stretch. This is like choosing my favorite child. Um, Everyone's got a. Favorite. And in fact, on that, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pretend that the four members of you two are my I think children. The coronavirus and has therefore... turned Tyler absolutely insane. Think about what you just said. Therefore, Adam is my number one, right? Okay. Larry is my number two. Edge is my number three. And Bono is number four. Because imagine, imagine the hell you'd go through trying that's, to rear Bono. That's a very different question, which no one asked. If if the members of you two were children, which would be the easiest to rear? <laughs> your your children, your children. Yeah, specifically your children. Yeah, I mean, why um, have, why have I given so birth that, to or my partner that. given birth to a sixty odd year old man? Uh, well, that, take that up with her. Well, I probably won't do that. Um, all right, so let's move on to the next question, um, which is from Valerie H. Um, I assume that's what it is, rather than Valerie. Um, so, I think it. No, I think it's the uh, Irish spelling of Valerie. It? Oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Well, um, I, well, I did apologise at the start in advance. Um, all right, so um, will we ever see Bono on an Inhaler album, and in parallel see Elijah sing with you too, or you two talk with Inhaler as a supporting act? Um, I, I've I've only just started to get into Inhaler, and part of the reason with that is like they're good, but I I need an album. I can't keep just listening to little bits of things. I want to listen to it as a whole package and see what it's like. So they need to bring out an album um, for me to really get into that. But I, I I've been listening to My Honest Face a lot, and I, I really like it. 
and there are obvious parallels yeah. and similarities between the two of them. I read an interview where they they uh, they were trying to play down the the obvious questions which keep being asked, and I think it is a bit a bit crappy if you're a, I think you're not a very good journalist if if you go in straight away being like, what's it like being Bono's son? You know, straight away. I think that's that's sort of disrespectful, really, because it must be tedious being Bono's son in in some ways. I mean, obviously, having access to loads of money and connections <laughs> is probably quite nice. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, it, it must be frustrating if you are an artist in your own right. Um, yeah, I, I think that's the thing. Inhaler need to be seen as an artist in their own right. They are always going to have this huge... Uh, Albatross. Elephant... Yeah, um, elephant in the corner of the room wearing sunglasses uh, and it's um, what I would really like to see but if I was anything to do with Inhaler's management I would probably advise them not to do when I'm listening to Inhaler I I can hear this this young Bono voice Mm. and it's really strange to hear that voice like 40 years later on you know you know singing new songs it's yeah. it's really it's quite weird for me um wh- what i would really like to do is hear uh uh eli sing some of those uh early u2 songs just just so we could have a comparison as a scientific but thing other that's than very that, interesting but i don't think he'll be doing that no, I don't think. And again, as if I worked for his management, I I wouldn't advise him to do that. They need to stay as far away from you two as possible. Um, I think I think there will um, be a collaboration. Though. I don't see how in the future there won't be something, you know, like a, a featuring kind of thing. I think it's too tempting and too interesting to see what would happen. Just those they, voices colliding. They need to make it. They need to make it on their own oh, terms. I, I totally agree. I'm saying um, at some and point. And I think they will. Point, I reckon there will be a collaboration. Yeah, maybe when they've got two or three albums in the in the can, and uh, they can, you know, and they they ha- are achieving their own success, but they certainly don't want to achieve success off the back of you two, which is always going to be a danger, and it's always going to be an obvious criticism. And I I, th- I really like Inhaler, um, but I I think they and they they know they need to tread that that water curve. Yeah, they've also they're also in a way. A little bit similar to editors in sound, in a way. Uh, they, they're, they're much less weary than editors, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I yeah, like, like editors. A, a, a joyful editors, um, in in so, just in some of the synth sounds. But again, I need an album really. But I, everything that I've so, seen of them is it looks very good, or sounds good. Okay, well, we're getting through to the last few questions Hi. now. Uh, Pulse Beat has sent us uh, two questions actually. Enloff got caught in a creative no man's land, not not experimental enough, not rock enough, and Very not true. good enough. Uh, which which direction should the band have pushed the album? More like All That You Can't Leave Behind, or more like original soundtracks too? In in my opinion, the the latter. I think it would have been more interesting. I, I think the thing is, it depends what result you wanted. If they wanted another All You Can't Leave Behind, then they should have gone in that direction, obviously. But the songs weren't there, so I would say pick a direction but given the fact that the songs weren't there i say go go for the go for the the you know the crazy option go for original soundtracks too i'd love an original soundtracks too yes um yeah i i think i i agree i it from what from the state of the album now it's halfway down both roads go go all if you're gonna go all if you're gonna go experimental go all the way 
And that's yeah, what I'm if that had, if that had like um, led to more songs like Unknown Caller, then, uh, but you know, <laughs> more more songs like uh, Slug or Always Forever Now, great. That is not only <laughs> the uh, album I listen to least, but also the episode of Review Two I listen to least. Um, I, I I did not have fun recording it that. It amuses episode. me how weary um, you are at the end of that episode when I'm trying to extend it even longer. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. Um, so second question from Pulse Beat, and by the way, that's at Post Punk Radio. Uh, if the band opened the vault and tasked you to release an extra extra bonus disc of unreleased outtakes, never before heard demos, studio improvs. And you could only pick from one album. Which would it be? Acton Baby, my favorite album. So, and I think there would be so much interesting stuff in that. The thing is, I don't know how much stuff would actually be there because they they were struggling writing music so much at that point. I think we probably got most of it, and the fact that we got Zuropa, I don't know how much stuff I think would there be left quite over. A lot of it, and the thing is, a lot of it ended up morphing into other things or being used in different bits, but. I'm pretty sure from looking on forums and stuff like that that there was there was quite a bit of stuff left around with weird names. Um, uh, the Rick Rubin sessions yes, for me. Yes, actually, that's a very good shout. I would like to hear all of that. I bet I bet it's really interesting that stuff. I, and, the, and and I heard that they, they were doing some stuff with. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to dread saying this with with Will I Am. He was supposed to produce an album well, for them do, at one point. He did do some I don't, stuff, like he was on um, uh, Crazy Tonight and stuff. Yeah, um, and I and I kind I kind of think that anything Will I Am touches is it it just turns to poo. <laughs> so, um, I, 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 glutton for punishment that I am, I could kind of like to see how bad some of that you stuff follow was. Rapping. Oh, never ever let Bono rap. Anybody, if someone knows Bono, never let that man rap. <laughs> But thank you for the questions, uh, uh, Pulse Beat, uh, at Post Punk Radio. Yeah. Um, Mark Charlesworth says, which song really doesn't do it for you, but everyone else seems to love? I mean, I feel like we, we kind of step on those toes quite a lot in this show um, anyway. It's, it's, a t- it's a tough question. Like, I mean, obvi- the obvious answers are just stuff we've heard so much live that when it comes on, you're like, okay, fine. Rather than, oh my God, I can't believe they're playing this. You know, At the moment for me, it's like, I want to hear not novelty songs but songs i haven't heard very much um what's your answer for this one uh well just because i watched the the vertigo tour last night um i i was on twitter and people were going crazy for uh city of blinding lights and vertigo and elevation and i was just like eh, really don't feel like this show's started yet <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and it was only when Electrico came on that I thought, yes, this this is this'll yeah. do. I mean um, I I really like that opening with City of Blinding Lights. I think it's fantastic. But I I Vertigo, I mean the fact that they played that twice on the Vertigo tour, <laughs> you know, multiple times, what a waste of, of a of a song. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's actually a song I mean, most of the songs are songs we just were just yeah. sick of hearing. But like, I'm trying to think if there's actually a song Unknown Ca- that people do like it. Oh, for me, Mysterious Ways. Oh yeah. I don't get it. I do I not get it. Until, basically, you either groove on that song or you don't. And I remember loving that song because I liked playing um, the the guitar and doing the, getting the wah wah, trying trying to you know get in the, the the groove of it and everything. And that was sort of like a challenge sonically for me, rather than. 
loving the song, but I also just think it is a great song. I tell you what made me like that song a lot more. Uh, listening to the Stone Roses, and I heard a lot of yeah. guitar um, tones that I recognised from uh, from Mysterious yeah. Ways. It's the bass line for me uh, as well. So just, it, the bass line is so infectious. If that's the take on a kind of Madchester style song, then fine. But yeah, Mysterious Ways is, is easily a song I, I would happily never listen to again. If if it's on, I'm not annoyed, but I, if I never heard it again, I, I wouldn't be sorry. Oh, fair enough. The, the final question is from Ian Walker um, at Fen Ian Gent. Uh, and uh, so here it goes. Um, what is U2's most upbeat and opt- optimistic song? I've probably listened to Beautiful Day and City of Blinding Lights a hundred times over the last week. Just as a counterpoint to the new cycle. Hmm. Yeah. Um, what's the most upbeat? And I mean, I think we do need positivity at the moment as well. And I think, like, like I was saying before, but some of the U two songs just have that real quality of joy. Like the whole of Boy, you could rename Boy to Joy actually, and it wouldn't it wouldn't sound that bad. Um, there's like some of the songs are just so big and open. Like, like A Day Without Me is just full of that. So A Day Without Me would be in there. Um, for me i love the energy of lady with the spinning head as well that sounds like a, a band just enjoying itself uh where the streets have no name for me yeah that's a really optimistic yeah, that's song. optimistic in a in a in a more kind of knowledgeable experienced kind of way but yeah definitely still optimistic unforgettable fire because i can't listen to it without thinking of you um which it is nice, um, you know, because I just remember uh, when we were in Sheffield, oh, yeah. and the look on your face is is just something I'll never forget. The you because you didn't expect to hear it, and neither did I. But for you, it was just yeah, it was amazing, just incredible. Yeah, <laughs> so so the, yeah, I think I suppose it's different for everybody. Mofo uh, always puts a huge smile on my face. Uh, and, and I know myself and Johnny have got um, a few friends who like when we're all together and we're we're a bit drunk. We do like to put on um, mofo and dance stupidly, do a few bono lunges. So I suppose it's different for everybody, but it, I think they have many many positive songs and uplifting songs, probably more than they should. I mean, they've got more just straight up fantastic songs than they've got any right to, just for 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 guys. So yeah, and and that's something that occasionally that that sort of dawns on me again. I'm like, oh my god, how like the hit rate of great songs is just so high. Like any any band would be embarrassed to have, you know, five decent songs as good as you know five off off any off either of the two you know early best ofs. So yeah, so well yeah, yeah I mean that's some something to keep in mind and to stress in these in these dark and, and unprecedented and unparalleled times. Yeah. I also want to give a shout out to Ian um, for his uh, iTunes review. We've actually had a few iTunes yeah, it was reviews a coming review in. That. It was really, really nice. And someone who who clearly gets us and gets the show, which which is it's, it is really nice to hear that. 
Oh, we also got one um, a couple of uh, a couple of days ago from Milo Bray, uh, and it, he said, "Up until last year, I was at best a casual U2 listener. I'd know if I heard them on the radio. However, I discovered this podcast, uh, and my whole view of U2 changed. I've now listened to every pod- podcast these two lads have done. Absolutely brilliant. Every um, detailed, informative, funny." They're clearly fans of you two and know a fair bit about the band. I don't know about that, but uh, thank you. Maybe not. <laughs> thank you. I... He's basically saying like we've basically created another U two fan. Um, so I'm more than happy to share this U two madness mm. with people. Uh, uh, and if, if if we have entertained you um, or you know made you laugh, made you cry made you furious whatever leave us a leave us a uh, an itunes review we really do appreciate it and it um it's been little windows of positivity um over the last few weeks so thank you to everybody that has left us uh, itunes yeah, reviews. And it just helps us spread spread the word about the podcast as well so it's something that actually helps keep us going and when we started doing tumble and reviewing things that weren't youtube we were actually a bit worried and thinking is anyone actually going to be bothered to follow us and and listen to to this now and people did, which is great. So that that's really really great. And um, yeah, just just keep keep listening and spreading the word. Yeah. Um. So um, I don't know when this episode's coming out. That's up to Johnny. Uh. But hopefully, it, it well it'll it'll be out soon. And um, every Saturday going forward, we're doing hashtag you together at home. Everybody gets together. They put the DVD on. They press play. And we uh, we all tweet along and share the love with each other. And believe me, if you've not done this yet, it it really is a great way to spend a, an isolated yeah, you can evening. Be together without being together. Yeah. So uh, from myself and Johnny, we want everybody to uh, stay safe um, and carry each other. Uh, let us know where you're listening from. Um, it's been quite fun to do this. I, I never thought we'd do a Q and A. No, I, I didn't think. Um... I didn't think so either. I also didn't think doing this remotely would work. <laughs> I, d- yeah, I didn't think people cared. But yeah, guys, um, until the next episode, we'll uh, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Hi there, thanks for listening to the show. If you'd like to get in touch, please contact us on facebook.com forward slash review 2 u or on soundcloud.com forward slash review 2 or search for the Review 2 podcast on iTunes. You can also email us at review2contact at gmail.com. Please like, comment and subscribe. Thank you.